0: In these uncertain economic times, it's easy to be worried about protecting your wealth, your hard-earned savings, and your family's financial future. Plunging interest rates, the devaluating dollar, and political unrest constantly threaten what you have worked hard to earn and all that you own. That's why now it's more important than ever to protect your assets and have the money you need to make your dreams come true. Welcome to the Global Wealth Fortress Report with successful global entrepreneur and wealth preservation expert, Joel Nagel. Joel's helped thousands of people just like you protect what you have so that you can make even more and make your every dream come true. So, sit back and enjoy Joel Nagel's offshore expert advice on how you can live the good life at a great price, where the sun never sets. On your financial fortress.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Joel Nagel's Global Wealth Fortress Report. Today, we're going to take a little different turn in the road. You know, the 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 average audience for our podcast, the the Offshore Club, uh, usually fifty and above, but I, I'm getting more and more letters from young people. Okay, which I'm glad to see, who are also concerned. And a lot of, and some of them say to me. How, do you, how should we look at asset protection? Joel Nagel, I, I believe, Joel, welcome. You have seven children, right?
2: I do. I have okay. seven
1: children. What are the age ranges?
2: My, my youngest is 16 and my oldest is 29. So wow. you know, they're, young, they're young adults. One is still in high school. A few are in college, graduate school. I just had two graduations this weekend. Uh, my oldest son graduated from medical school and my oldest daughter graduated uh, with a master's degree from Harvard. So we're, we're very proud of them. Um, yeah. Congratulations. But, you know, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, it's, you know, in my view is acid protection. It, it, it's never too early to start, right? I mean, it's like saying. Well, you know, I'm not going to open a bank account because I only have, you know, $100. I mean, you open it, you get you put your $100 in with the expectation that you're going to get more later. Um, yes, there are some different techniques. Um obviously, you don't want to spend virtually any money on on structures and things that would be disproportionately large in relationship to the amount of assets you have to protect. I mean, I get that even from some people who aren't so young. You know, I, I had a, one of my daughter's school teachers contacted me and said, Hey, you know, I have this $200,000. It's an inheritance I got from my mother. It's really the only asset that I have. You know, what should I do? I mean, we're not going to talk to somebody like that about, you know, creating trusts and and corporate structures and and things like that. We're just not going to do that because, you know, any amount of money spent on that will, Impact the asset itself, and the goal is yes. to preserve assets, not, you know, not um, destroy them in any way, including through through our fees. So, you know, that's why when people say, "Oh, we only work for rich people," well, it, in a sense, that's true because y- you know they can afford that. It's a, it's a little blip; it doesn't meaningfully impact their their overall returns. But that doesn't mean we don't care about. People and we don't advise people who don't have wealth. That's that's simply not true. We really try to help people at all um, levels of the spectrum, and most young people tend to be at the lower end. But of course, that's not always true either. In this day and age, with you know some of the young people were the first early uh, adapters to, for example, cryptocurrency. Right. And right. you know, if you were buying cryptocurrency ten years ago at you know ten bucks a Bitcoin, you're you're you know you probably have some wealth today. And we are getting more and more, you know, calls and emails and, and uh, inquiries from people who said, geez, I, I never thought I was wealthy. And now all of a sudden I look at my crypto statement, I'm worth, you know, $4 million. So they wake up one day and, and they are wealthy. But, but I think your question about young people is really geared more to people who don't have much wealth. So let's start yeah. there and then we can, you know, we can go up the spectrum to people that have, you know, more more median and then even higher amounts of wealth. But, you know, for people just getting started, there's lots of good things you can do. Um, Again, I'm a big proponent of assets that won't lose value over assets that maybe will make you a lot of money, right? Because I'm not an investment advisor. I'm really trying to help people maintain or increase their purchasing power, you know, sometimes faster with things like cryptocurrency, sometimes slower. Uh, But, In any case, you want to always maintain what you have and then build from there. So, you know, it's just some things you can do Um, in the metals area. uh, There are plenty of good uh, coin dealers that we work with and bullion dealers. And you don't have to go out and buy expensive uh, numismatic coins, for example. You can buy what's called a bullion coin, which is really printed and minted. Uh, just for the, the metal value. So they're 0.999, you know, silver, 0.999, in some cases, four nines gold. And, you know, the premium over the spot price is very, very negligible. So, you know, if, if silver's trading at, uh, you know, $23, maybe you're going to pay $24 or $25 uh, to, to, to buy something like that. But you can buy single coins, you can buy a roll of 10 coins. Uh, same thing with gold. You know, you can buy a, a, a gold coin that's a bullion coin for just a few dollars over the spot price of the gold itself. So that's a really great way to get started. You buy a few coins, stick them in your, you know, under your bed at home or in a in a, in a drawer somewhere. Uh, maybe a safe deposit box, you know, as you start to get more than a, than a few dollars. Outside of, of metals, you know, we, we talked about crypto again for for some people that's big, for some people it's not, but younger people tend to be more predisposed towards it. In fact, that's really right. how you know, I had I had clients kinda of asking me about it, but it was really my own kids who were like, Dad, you gotta you gotta look at this, you're missing out if you don't, you know. And I stopped and I was thinking about it. You know, at the end of the day, what you and I think doesn't really matter, right, Carter? I mean yeah. Yeah. at our age, you know, we, we do have wealth. Uh, but when you think in generational terms, what's more important—what we think that, about Bitcoin, what the 20 and 30 year olds and, and teenagers think about Bitcoin—I mean, they're 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 all in, right? They're, they're all in. A lot yeah. more, they're they're a lot more interested in buying Bitcoin than buying stocks. So, what happens when you and I retire and we want to sell our stocks and our IRAs and there's nobody to buy them because the young people are all <laughs> more interested in in crypto? So. Crypto's yeah. great, you know, you, you have these companies like Coinbase, FTX. Uh, cost costs nothing to open accounts with them. Again, you can buy, you know, twenty dollar increments, fifty dollar increments. You know, I would encourage you when you have a few extra dollars, you know, put it into something like that. I mean, I see young people and I, I give my own I like kids it. a hard time sometimes. They, yeah. you know, they they say, Well, they don't have any money, but you know, they're at Starbucks spending five bucks on a coffee. I'm like, look, you know, you should be you should be saving and investing that, you know, make your coffee at home for 18 cents. And and then, uh, you know, you can um, you can put a few bucks in something else. So, you know, I, I really believe it's never too early and it's never too late. I get at the other end of the spectrum, too. I'll get people that are 75, 80. They'll say, I don't really have much wealth you know i get my social security i don't know what i should do i want to protect protect the little bit i have you know they get almost the same advice which is move some of your assets away from you know the the fiat dollar regime yes which is which is political i mean let's face it the the amount of dollars in circulation has only to do with what the Fed decides should be out there, the tre- U.S. Treasury Department. That's a political decision. It has nothing to do with the economy, the inherent value of what the dollar is or should be. Right? It's it's all very speculative. Um, sometimes they talk about it going up, but the reality is over time it just goes down. It, it yeah, currency never really truly goes up. You continue. You know, if, if you look at a chart like a day a week or a month chart you see little blips up and down right but if you take a 20 a 50 100 year chart the, the the blips turn almost into a straight line which is like you know in the case of a dollar or any other major currency it's a it's like a 45 degree angle just just heading yeah. down yeah. And, yeah. and and so you're trying to avoid that right I mean you're trying to say look if I have twenty dollars today I want to buy something, that will at least maintain that $20 purchasing power tomorrow. And then I want to build on top of it. So, you know, moving out from the things we've just discussed, real estate. And, you know, for young people, real estate, again, it's in in some parts of the world, it's very affordable. I know um, that you love and spend a lot of time in Honduras, Honduras, Ecuador, you know, there are places in Central and South America where you can buy a little, you know, a lot on the beach for ten or $15,000. And if you're in South Florida, it would be, you know, $1.5 So the, the the barriers to entry are much, much lower.
1: So, yeah. you know, th- yeah, those you are a couple of things that jump to mind. Yeah, I'm glad you said about the barriers to entry because, you know, when, when I had uh, – when I was a judicial watch, I had young – a lot of millennials worked for me, about 10 of them. And I would try to tell them, you know – you've got to live beneath your means, Absolutely. you know, for, for I two think that's, reasons.
2: A, that's, that's a term we always heard growing up, you know, oh, well, you, never, you never yeah. max out your your income and, and that's it. I mean, I, I see people even, even wealthy. I mean, I get wealthy doctors that come to me. I had one not long ago there, the guy's net worth, the guy's income was $1.8 million and his net worth was like $75,000. I'm like, how is that? <laughs> How is that even possible? I mean, literally, he just spent money. He had leased cars and, and you know, big, big vacations and clothes and ate out three times a day. And, you know, it just it was coming in. It was going out. And, and I'm like, look, you, you're like a you're like a giant sieve. You know, you're pouring water into a into a colander and saying, why doesn't any of the
1: water stay in there? It's just crazy. I was telling my wife, we were up at our place up in West Virginia, up at Riverbend Park, our vacation home, and I have a 2004 Jeep, right? 2004. I think it's just about 250,000 miles. And we pulled out of our, where we are, and a guy pulled out in front of us, had a brand new Jeep. And I told her, Princess, I want you to think about something. He probably just went somewhere and paid 60, 70,000 for that Jeep, okay? But he is sitting behind a steering wheel, looking through a window, exactly like I am. <laughs> and that's it. That's all he sees. We're both going up to the snack shop. We're going to arrive at the exact same time. But it cost me nothing, and it cost him sixty thousand dollars to get there. Yeah. You know, and so I try to tell people, buy a, an. Oh, the minute I, I think now you are you're the asset protection guy. I think an automobile is one of the worst investments on the face of the earth. Exactly. I just do. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're actually acquiring a liability is what you're doing
2: because of the, the cost component. But, you know, along the same lines, I mean, well, we have, you know, again, with seven kids and my wife and we have a number of cars, but my kids make fun of me. I, I drive a 2001 Suburban, and uh, you know it's like a it's like a tank. So it's it's terrible right now because of because of gas prices. But like you said, it you know I've got 200 some thousand miles on it. I, I had a guy you know two years ago cream uh, uh, off me. He came through an intersection. He was looking down at his Google Maps, and he was in a he was in one of those little Priuses. And his car was spread out, you know, 300 yards uh, from one end of the highway to the other in pieces. And I had like a little dent in my bumper because, you know, the front of a 2001 Suburban is literally an I-beam. But, you know, it's the same thing. Like, people, my kids are like, when are you going to get a new car down? I'm like, my car drives great. And, uh, you know, the minute I... Any car that I would want to buy would be expensive and I don't need to buy an expensive car. I can
1: use the money on something else. It's just crazy because and, you know, you know, I explained to my wife the minute, you know, talk about asset protection. You buy that car and the minute you drive off the lot, it drops ten, twenty thousand dollars in value. That's not very good asset protection in my opinion and I am not like you America's number one asset protection attorney but even I figured that out
2: well you know I'm getting I'm getting clipped a little bit with uh, with gas these days you know with the current economy uh, paying five six dollars a gallon of gas in a suburban that gets about nine miles to the gallon I live on a big hill and and, and when I when I hit the accelerator to go up the hill, You know, the engine has plenty of oomph, but I can almost watch the uh, needle of my fuel gauge go down. So I, (laughs) I do, I do feel that. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you have to, you have to just balance things, you know, what you spend your money on and do you want, do you want money now or do you want money later? And if that's it, if you're in the, if you're in the group that wants money later, then asset protection becomes really important because, you know, if you say I want money later and you save it now, but the value of your savings, you know. Is, is being frittered away because the value of your money is going down. You know, you don't have an honest saving mechanism. I wish that we did. I mean, in reality, based on inflation, you know, if if, I, if you save a dollar and you put it in the bank, you should be getting, you know, somewhere around 10, 12 percent interest. Yeah. And if you're yeah. not and, and no bank is paying you that. So what does that mean? That means if you put a dollar in the bank, the bank says thank you very much. They're going to pay you 0.01% interest.
1: 0.01%. And maybe you know
2: Yeah, exactly. And but that means that you're not keeping up with inflation. So, you know, you're benefiting other people by saving that money. And maybe that's why we've we've trained a whole generation of young people not to save. They you know, figure, why should I save? It's just the 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 value of the asset's gonna go down. So might as well just spend it now, buy cars and, you know, expensive lattes and nice clothes and whatever. But, you know, the problem with that is, you know, unless you want to work you your, you know, until you literally keel over, you're, you're never going to get ahead and you're never going to be able, you know, to form your own capital, to be able to invest in things that make you money so you can retire. Uh, and that's the key, you know, I mean, the key to, you know, some, some freedom at some point in your life, whether it's you know, retirement or, or, you know, in some cases it's people in their 30s because they, they they, manage to work through the process really quickly. It's, you know, take your assets, invest them in a way that at least keeps up with inflation, that at least protects the purchasing power of what you have, so you can build on that. And then if you're lucky you make the right types of investments, it's going to grow from there. But, you know, 80%, 90% of the people that I talk to, they're not even keeping up with inflation. I mean, if, if yeah. you have a bond portfolio, you're, you're down. You know, most people, most people's stock portfolio these days down, even if they, even if they think they're up, oh, I'm up 4%. Well, you're up 4%, but you know, in dollar terms, uh, the purchasing power of your dollar went down 12% last year. So
1: you're not ahead. So you're not ahead. And, you know, I just read a, a, I think it was a Gallup poll, 65% of the American people could not, if they face an emergency, could not come up with $500, Joel. Yeah. Horrible. I mean, just because again, spending to the limit, overspending, overspending without any asset protection stored away. Yeah,
2: I mean, no, I've, I've seen statistics like that,
1: and even at the high end, um, only around
2: six percent of Americans have liquid one hundred thousand dollars. And you know, a hundred thousand dollars, you know, some people sounds like a lot, but honestly, in today's day and age, that's not that much money. That you know, only six percent. Even some people who Sort of act and pretend like they're wealthy. You know, they're they're in a giant rat race where they're working harder and harder and harder to pay giant mortgages and giant leases on their car and whatever. And you're right, if they get sick or have a you know an emergency, a bump in the road, you know, it's just everything around them is going to collapse. They they can't you know they can't maintain the mirage. And and you know we saw some of that during COVID, where some some people you know really couldn't maintain their lifestyle and. We software closures and things like
1: that. Oh, just that, uh, yeah, 600,000 small businesses the government closed down. That'll never reopen. They closed a lot more than that, but that will never reopen because of what government did to them. It, and, and that brings me to a question. With young people today, what do you tell them about entrepreneurship? I mean, I got to be honest with you. I would be very hesitant to try to open a new business in the U.S. today. Because of the regulations and the rules and the fees and the licenses and the permits and the taxes. What do you, what do you tell people, young people in particular? Yeah,
2: I mean, it, it, it is tough. I mean, look, I mean, a lot of young people have a lot of infinite energy and, you know, and they're and they're really willing to run up the hill, however steep the incline is. Um, and that's great. And that's that's the kind of entrepreneurship that build America. And I hope that it doesn't all evaporate and leave. But you're right. There's so many sort of systemic things that discourage that these days. Um, not too long ago, uh, somebody gave me a copy of the of a, of a handbook manual to open a restaurant in New York City. I kid you not. You hang on to your hat. Ten thousand pages 10,000 10, pages. pages of bureaucracy that you have to work through to be able to get a license to open a restaurant in New York city. So, you know, I'm getting young people that are saying, Hey, tell me about opportunities south of the border. say, "Well, go to Belize, you know, we'll go to the, we'll go to the uh, local municipality. You'll pay a couple hundred dollars for a license. You'll get it in 10 minutes and you go hang out a shingle. And if you know how to cook, you know, open up a restaurant or you want to do some other business, you know, it's, It's it's, you know, some people say it's a little bit like the Wild West and maybe it is. But, you know, the reality is that's wonderful for young people because, you know, they can experiment. They don't need to have massive amounts of capital. And, And it's not just Belize. I mean, I'm seeing that all over Latin America. I'm seeing a lot of that in places like Portugal that have really opened up the door and rolled out the red carpet for people in the crypto space. They want to attract people into that space. Um, Some other countries of note in Eastern Europe, Bulgaria, which, you know, used to be a a, a Soviet state. Now it's uh, now it's a member of NATO and the European Union and um, very low taxes. I mean, the maximum tax rate is uh, 10 percent and capital gains is 5 percent. So they're attracting and, and they've made a huge push to eliminate all the bureaucracy from the communist days. So you look around the world and you find, hey, there are interesting places I could live. You know, you're probably not going to just based on this podcast, you know, run to Bulgaria. But but hey, check it out. You know, Sophia is called the Paris of the East uh, and there's less graffiti and it's a lot cheaper. Your five dollar coffee is only, you know, a buck or something. So, you know, the, those are the kinds of places I think if you have talent and and energy and entrepreneurship, uh, but not a lot of capital, you can get your your foot in the door, and you can get started.
1: Get started there. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm so glad you said that because my feeling, if I had a kid right now, and he wanted to start his own business like Steve Jobs in his garage, I would say it's a great idea. Buy a garage in Honduras or Nicaragua. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna. I, I, what you you just summed it all up perfectly, perfectly. And that again is great asset protection because you're going to be able to grow it. I think when we first met, you told me. The the you had the analogy with football about the the, the defenses the first uh, what what was it again we'll close on that what was it you remember well you know you you, you know like when
2: the Steelers hired Chuck Knoll in 1969 and the first guy he he um, drafted was a guy by the name of Mean Joe Green which I know you know that name oh yeah Hall yep. of Famer centerpiece of the steel curtain and you know he basically that was his idea like. I want to start with a great defense. I want to prove to the other team they can't run, they can't pass, they can't get around me. And uh, then I hope that his mediocre offense could score a few points and, and win the game. And, you know, it was it, – the defense came first, the, the offense came second, and then you had a great team with both, which, you know, the Steelers won four Super Bowls in six years, which was, you know, all around that, that steel curtain defense. So, you know, I mean – in, in and it doesn't matter whether it's sports, in warfare, Sun Tzu in the, in the book, The Art of War, you know, uh, 2,500 years ago wrote about, you know, making sure you can't lose the war before you try to figure out how to win it. And, you know, for a lot of young people and, and old people as well, you know, to the extent that you can spend less because you're in a cheaper environment, that puts you in a much better position to succeed. You're gonna be able to save more, have more for a rainy day because we're all gonna hit snags on the road. We're all going to hit rainy days. And if you're maxed out, if, you know, if it takes 101% of your income every month just to get to the next month, yeah. you know, you are the classic, you know, uh, you know, hamster on the wheel. You're just running around, you're running, 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 you're never going to get anywhere. And in some of these countries that we, we touched on today, and there's plenty of others in Southeast Asia, South America, you know, there's plenty of places in the world where you can live a better quality of your life for less. I know that's one of your taglines. And, you know, spending less is an, a major asset protection device, particularly for young people, right? Because, you know, if instead of spending $2 on something, you only spend one or instead of spending one, you only spend 25 cents, then you have that money left over. You can do something else with it. You can invest it or put it in your business or, or do whatever you need to do to hopefully get ahead. So, so we are seeing a lot of um, more and more young people. I'm seeing that as well. Uh, 20-somethings who are, you know, they love the digital nomad lifestyle. They can even work a traditional U.S. job from abroad and, again, live in a place they want to live and spend less uh, or they can branch out and, you know, start their own business. Well, one of the young ladies that's worked for Mike for a number of years uh, in Belize, she just went out and started her own real estate company. And, you know, you don't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to do that. You know, it's it's a process. You're working. You're living. You're traveling, um, and you realize, hey, I, re- I really can do this. And you know, the other nice thing about being a young person, I tell my kids all the time, you know, it's not a crime or a sin to fail. You know, you're yeah, going to pick yeah. up great knowledge and go out there try something. Give it, give it your all. If it works, great. If if it doesn't, you know, you're not married. You don't
1: have your own kids. Uh, the time <laughs> to fail is now. It's not when you're our age, right, Carter? Just just I always tell people, sorry right to fail, just fail forward. <laughs> yeah, there
2: you go. That's a good that's a good <laughs> Joel, one.
1: thank you very much. This has been great. Great advice. First, we thank we you. aimed it at the young, but we helped the old as well. So thank you very much. Excellent. Excellent. And we'll do it again next week. I'm sorry, by the way, those of us in Baltimore did not care for me and Joe Green. I like to <laughs> I think <laughs> 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 All right. Thank you very much. All right, it's been a pleasure. You. We'll talk Take again care. next week. All right, folks, there you have it. Great asset protection advice from America's number one asset protection attorney. For those of you who are young out there, follow that lead. Follow that lead. For those of us who are older, it ain't too late. So as I always tell you every week, let's do this thing.